So it's our third birthday. We're going to continue our series called City on a Hill. And in this season, there's real opportunity to live as light just now in this season, which means a whole heap of things, uh, challenges perhaps, commissionings perhaps, in the day-to-day in our lives. As we, I've spoke a few times about uh, God speaking into our Monday mornings as we enter into new weeks. So it's quite apt today, I think, on this celebrated day that I'm going to chat about joy. We're going to look at joy and uh, what does it look like to carry joy, especially in this season, but to be a city on a hill people, to be set apart. What does joy look like? And in particular, due to COVID and the last seven months and everything that that has entailed, what does it look like to carry joy in the wilderness? Wilderness. Mm-hmm. wilderness. <laughs> what does it look like to carry joy in the wilderness? There's a man uh, called Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. He was a member of the US Supreme Court for 30 years. And his, he was really intelligent. His mind, his, wit, his wisdom. He was known as the greatest justice since John Marshall. And at one point in his life, Justice Holmes, he explained his choice of career. And this is what he said. I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. <laughs> uh, also, there's a conference at a Presbyterian church in Omaha. People were given helium-filled balloons, quite similar to this, and uh, they were told to release them at any point in the gathering, oh, that's went a bit wrong, where they felt like uh, expressing joy in their hearts. And uh, all through the service, balloons ascended during the service. But when it was over, one third of the balloons were unreleased. And I just feel the Lord saying this morning to let your balloons go, to let your balloons go, to uh, make a a choice to choose joy in this season, especially in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And that we are to glow. We are to glow. And uh, not to be people of life in this season, to be people of life. Mm -hmm. And I want to have a quick chat around joy this morning, looking at the story of the Exodus and looking at what joy is and how we carry that in this season. And this is a reminder in this season, and I pray that this little talk is a transformative moment for us. Uh, joy is a, a real central theme throughout God's Word. If we, We're going to read Exodus 15, and I've done a talk previously on this passage when we've done a, a little teaching series in Exodus, so you can check that out if you want on all good podcast apps and I'm sure a few bad ones as well. So we're going to read Exodus 15 and it's titled The Song of Moses and Miriam. So Lord we just thank you for your word, thank you for what you want to reveal to us this morning. We thank you that that you are alive, that you are, uh, you're here and you are eager, you are, you are a hovering around by your spirit. You are in us, Lord. You, you, we, we invite you to fill every space this morning. Leave no part of our hearts and minds untouched, Lord, by uh, your hope and your love. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're looking at Exodus, and uh, Exodus speaks to the story of, of Moses leading the Israelites out of slavery into freedom. And then they spend this amount of time in the wilderness to get to the promised land. And we're going to pick up right after they have been set free from Pharaoh. So this is a song. Uh, Then Moses and the Israelites sang a song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, 
for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to be looking at joy in the wilderness. And we look throughout God's word. We look at Psalm 65, 11 to 12. We see finding joy in creation. If we look back at the very first page of the Bible, we see God creating. And uh, we see a joy in creation that he was glad with what he created. We see in the Psalms, it speaks of a good bottle of wine bringing joy. That sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> we see in Jeremiah, uh, wedding celebrations and how that brings joy. We read in Proverbs of how children bring us joy and gladness. Mm. But it's important to look at life in real terms because life isn't always rosy. The last seven months are testament to that in all sorts of different ways. Each and every one of us tuning in and listening this morning will have different experiences, different stories, different struggles. For some of us, it might feel right now like a wilderness season for many of us. But in these seasons, we learn in God's word about joy. I want to firstly just say, we've got two points this morning. Joy is an attitude. It's a choice. Not because of what is happening around us in the world, not because of what's happening in our work and in uh, our relationships, but because of what's happened in us, if we know and love Jesus, because of God's love and promises for us. And oh, how in this season would we hold on to that? Would we cling on to that? When all around my soul gives way that he is all my hope and stay. The Israelites were suffering from slavery in Egypt in the passage that we read. Moses led them to freedom. They were free, but then they find themselves in the desert place. That wilderness journey ahead for them. And we see in Exodus this psalm, this psalm that was released, this reaction, this response from the people, from God's people. A song of joy, a remarkable attitude and choice. Because yes, they've been set free from Pharaoh. It's a worship song in the depths of a difficult situation. They're free, but they're not out of the woods. They're free, but they are frail. They are vulnerable and they have no security. You know, our joy is not dependent on our struggles, but our future security. Our joy is not dependent on our pain, but on our eternal purpose. Our joy is not dependent on our feelings, but our focus 
and future hope. I want to ask this morning, uh, if you're tuning in, and you will be tuning in because you'll be listening, where does your joy come from? Because where it comes from will determine where it runs out. Right now, in this season, if it's Netflix, the box set will finish. Right now, in this season, if it's money, that will not fully satisfy. Right now, if it's food, we'll always want more. There's always more available. Right now, if it's approval, that will destroy you. Right now, if it's comparison, that will distract you. You know, the, the things of uh, joy uh, can be robbed through comparison and through approval because it will keep you distracted from joy that the Lord has set before you. Because you're literally always looking around. Looking around. It speaks in Hebrews of when Jesus, before he went on the cross, he looked at the joy before him, the joy in front of him. And when we look for approval and comparison, we're never looking in front of us. We're always looking to the side. We're always looking to the side. We're always looking around us. And as I mentioned before, uh, when we look at comparison, we're reading from other people's stories. We're taking pages from other people's books and we're trying to mash them together into our story. The enemy will always try to steal and rob and destroy through comparison. And I know that Mary and I have journeyed through some lengths with joy and how to journey that. And we're very aware of when times and seasons when the enemy comes to rob, steal and destroy. But we try as, as best we can to make a commitment that there's very little that will steal our joy. Sometimes it can eke in, but we, we have tried to make a commitment where we declare that's not going to steal our joy. Even in this wilderness season, even in the last seven months, even as we lead this church through uncharted waters, it's not going to steal our joy. Because if we know and love Jesus, this isn't a joy that the world can give. This isn't a joy that the world can destroy. This this is a joy from the Lord, of the Lord. It's a joy that is supernaturally deposited in us of a hope. Of a hope that all sickness and pain will be gone. Of a hope that Jesus loved me so and loves me so much that he came down to earth among us and died for me and for you. And he rose again and defeated death for me, for you. It's a hope and a joy that I have a security and assurance of a future hope that won't remove that joy. We often say to each other, we're choosing joy, we're choosing joy, because we are aware of moments, sometimes it's really subtle, sneaky moments, that will divert us to look at others, that will divert us to focus unhealthily on our problems, on the sticking blocks, on the, on the struggles. Yeah. We're not saying we don't have struggles, we do, but we choose not to dwell and live in the questions and the struggles. We choose joy. So joy is a, it's a, it's an attitude, it's a choice. And then secondly, I just want to say joy and sorrow should coexist. To journey that together. I don't think for a minute, as the Israelites were singing this song, they were saying, oh Lord, you are so good, you are so great. I'm so frail, but life is just rosy. Turning that frown upside down, Lord. 
There's no such thing as tough times, just the wrong mindset, Lord. I don't think they were singing that. They were frail. They were vulnerable. There was lots of unknowns. And we see in the New Testament, we see some insight into that. Uh, Jesus himself in Matthew 5 verse 12 says, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's a, a joy in the wilderness moment. Rejoice and be glad. And we also see it so clearly with the Apostle Paul, who we spoke about last week, a man who was used so mightily, a man that was imprisoned, shipwrecked, attacked, stoned, beaten with rods, not sleeping, never warm, cold, naked, weary, being pursued by robbers, city people, false teachers. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, he says, I'm full of sorrow, yet I'm rejoicing. In all those moments, he was missing his family. He was missing uh, security. He was missing certain things of the world he was he was in sorrow for those but when he was imprisoned he chose joy speaks in uh, philippians of him uh, declaring the joy of faith the joy of the lord that it's a gift from the holy spirit it's a gift but to remember that that is a fruit of the spirit joy in the wilderness seasons his presence is with you in this COVID season, in these last seven months. And Paul, in his hardships, made a choice to trust Jesus, that his loss and his sorrow wouldn't be the defining factor, that his loss and his sorrow wouldn't be the influencer as he went into a new day, that his loss and his sorrow wouldn't be the dictator to his actions, decisions, thoughts and feelings. That his sorrow, although it was hard, although it was upsetting and tough, would not have the final word. He made a choice that that was Jesus' job, to have the final word. And that in that, he looked to an eternal promise and chose joy. You know, when, we, when I say about joy and sorrow coexisting, it's very dangerous if we downplay and... Uh, not acknowledge the pain. I almost envision it like uh, a fizzy bottle when we suppress it, a fizzy bottle of juice mm -hmm. that we shake and shake yeah. and shake and it could spurt out at any time yeah. and in any context or surrounding in the most uh, horrible ways sometimes. Yeah. I, I want to just urge us that we need to let it out when it comes and, and bring it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And when we don't choose joy, we get sucked into that struggle and that pain and those pits where actually it can feel too deep to pull ourselves out. I want to say this morning, it might feel like that right now. You might be watching this morning and that's right where you are. It's never too deep. It's never too deep. There's never a work too deep and too big that Jesus cannot come into and transform. There is hope this morning. There is hope. Robert Rainey says, Joy is the flag which is flown from the castle of the heart when the king is in residence there. Do you remember that song? Yeah. I got that joy. No. No, there uh, is a flag. Flying high from the castle of my heart where the king is in residence there. 
So let it fly in this. We used to do it, we miss out words. Let it in this where the hole knows where the. Anyway, we're not going to do that. But sitting on a hill living is a remarkable way of living, this way of joy. That's flag flying. I want to ask, are you choosing to fly the flag in this season? Are you letting the bloom go? Mm. If I put it down, I might actually fly away. <laughs> You've got to set up the flagpole and lift it up. In this season, that is a powerful decision. When we're ruled by our feelings, we're never going to rise it up. We're never going to pick up that pole and fly that flag. We're never going to let that balloon go, especially just now. And if I went, if we went by our feelings, I don't think this church would be where it is. We wouldn't be celebrating our third birthday if we were ruled by feelings. We choose it, we receive it, we look for it in the day to day. Are we looking for joy? As well as choosing it, are we seeing it from the Lord? Are we looking at the blessings? Are we stirring thankfulness? Are we taking moments in our day and just going, oh, thank you, Lord, for keeping me safe today. Thank you for my family. Thank you for this house. Thank you that I have a meal set before me. Good food. Thank you that I, I had a good sleep. Charles Spurgeon says, there's a marvellous medicinal power in joy, as I come to close. Most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. One dolorous, I don't know what that means, one dolorous spirit, but the quote was too good to not work out yet. One dolorous spirit brings a kind of plague into the house. One person who is wretched seems to stop all the birds from singing wherever he goes. But the grace of joy is contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life's machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labour. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. Amen. To be God colours, as we celebrate three years as Inverness Vineyard Church, we've got to learn to choose, adopt an attitude of joy. Because if we do that in this season, I believe there's opportunity in its bucket loads to love our city into life. God's spirit will be let loose in the most unexpected and dramatic and powerful ways. I, I firmly believe that. When we focus on God's love, his promises, his grace, the freedom afforded to us because of the cross and the empty grave. We hope, we carry, we choose joy.